The Oklahoma Sooners are 6-0 and in the bye week. Have they arrived? We'll talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on every platform. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started my name is john williams you can follow me on twitter at john nine williams my buddy here is josh helmer you can follow him on twitter at josh on ref and josh the question we're posing to you and also to you the people is has oklahoma arrived they're six and zero on the season they've got a top 11 def- scoring defense a top what four uh scoring offense they're the one of just three teams in the top 11 in both scoring offense and scoring defense in 2023, things are looking pretty good. What does arrived mean? How do you define arrived is probably what this is going to boil down to, right? The semantics of it, because uh, in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. And thanks, Josh. Can you get off of riding the fence and make an opinion? And I will hear for you in, in 2023, this season, Yes, Oklahoma has arrived on the national scene. They have stamped their ticket as a national player. Have they peaked? No, Oklahoma has not peaked. Oklahoma can continue to improve week by week and will need to, John, in order to go win a Big 12 championship, win its first college football playoff game, win its eighth national championship. So they've arrived in the sense of the 2023 season as a national player. But uh, the game of football is a funny thing to where you've you've kind of never totally arrived, right? Like Georgia's won back-to-back national championships, and yet up until they did what they did versus Kentucky this past weekend, it was, well, eh, is that the same Georgia as before, right? So football by nature, sports by nature is sort of you've never really arrived, right? The next game is always the next game, and the next season is always the next season, but In terms of right here, right now for 2023, I'm going to say, yes, Oklahoma's arrived in the sense of they're a national player. There's no doubt about that right now. But obviously, John, I don't think they've peaked. No, I don't think so either. And that's the big kind of discussion point right now is, okay, maybe Texas didn't play their best game is what a lot of Texas fans want to say. Well, Oklahoma certainly didn't play their best game. They didn't play up to their potential on special teams, getting the the punt blocked for a touchdown, you know, Zach Schmidt missing the field goal. Yes. Into the wind, uh, having the, the return game, not really pull off the, the trick play on that one, you know, allowing a fake punt to be converted. You know, you weren't necessarily locked in on special teams. You have a lot of things to continue to work on, on defense and I mean, I've, I've sat here and I've said, okay, this defense is playing winning football. They're making winning plays and yet they're still giving up a lot of yards. And so that's something that has to continue to get better. Uh, you know, you look at the offensive side of the football. I mean, 
the running game still has to continue to get better. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't think that they've peaked. I think that they are a legitimate contender and that has to be taken seriously at the same time. I'm not sure how seriously they'll be taken because of the rest of the schedule. I mean, it's the same debate we had the first five weeks of the season. It's the debate we had all off season is that this Oklahoma Sooners team isn't going to get credit for anything they do until they beat Texas. Well, they beat Texas. They're getting that credit now, but football fans, football media are a fickle bunch two, three weeks down the road, say they continue to be undefeated. Well, they beat a bad UCF team. Well, they beat Kansas without Jalen Daniels. Well, they beat who's next on the schedule. Was that West Virginia? Maybe, uh, you know, you beat a West Virginia team. That's just playing good defensive football, but doesn't really have much of an offense. So I don't know if they're going to still be given the credit they deserve. If they're able to roll off, you know, an undefeated season going into the big 12 title game. It's the the concern I had about the schedule going into the season was that Oklahoma may not be able to afford a single loss if they want to get to the college football playoff because the schedule is what the schedule is. I mean, if even if that loss is even to Texas, I don't know if you can still afford a loss to Texas and still hope to get into the big the college football playoff just based on the rest of the teams that you've played. Uh, right now, Kansas is ranked, so that is going to give you a shot to improve your strength of schedule and improve what looks good. But, I mean, you're going to have to go and, and have not just good wins, but significant wins over some lesser competition down the road to continue to reaff- reaffirm this idea that, okay, you've arrived and you're a serious player on the national level. And how Oklahoma performs in said games. If Oklahoma rolls throughout the rest of this schedule, you know, finishes, it'd be the first first regular season, I believe, since 2004, that Oklahoma would finish unbeaten if they do what they should do on paper the rest of the way. So if they if they do finish unbeaten, and oh, by the way, they don't necessarily get tested a bunch, because uh, the schedule sort of – so it can work one of two ways, right? It can be, well, yeah, Oklahoma's not really played anybody of significance. But if Oklahoma makes it look that way too, then that's going to be impressive uh, in and of itself for Oklahoma to go do that because we've not seen Oklahoma as a program again do that. Well, first of all, again, uh, go perfect in a regular season since 2004 – Tough to do. Oklahoma hasn't done it. You know, by the way, we haven't seen Oklahoma just rip through a schedule late in the season, really, uh, you know, to me, since the 2008 season, right? When you had the final five games before, uh, obviously, the national championship game where you scored 60-plus points. So if Oklahoma's doing those types of things, then maybe you get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in the, the Big 12 championship game. So the other piece of this puzzle for that overriding question, has Oklahoma arrived, is... Britt Venables, I think, in the sense of the national standpoint, okay, is this going to be the right guy for Oklahoma? That narrative is changing right in front of our eyes. That narrative is morphing in front of our eyes. And so Oklahoma is starting to arrive under the direction of Brent Venables. Can we say that they have arrived under the direction of Brent Venables? I think so. I wrote a piece or I did a stock up, stock down report for uh, Sooners Wire today. Uh, well, Wednesday. And Brenton Venables was one of those that I mentioned as having a stock up. And we'd seen everything that we'd need to see except for wins under Brent Venables. We've seen great recruiting. 
we'd seen him put together a really good coaching staff that we felt like was either going to recruit well, but also be able to, to develop players as well. Everybody in the program speaking very, very highly of him. Players, coaches, uh, the administration, everybody's still on board. We just hadn't yet seen the wins yet. Well, six and oh now. Big win over Texas, a top, you know, three or four ranked team, depending on where you look. Yeah, you've got to feel great about where you're going with Brent Venables because the recruiting is still on point and he's been recruiting as successfully as he has with a six and seven season under his belt. Now, and it's something I think maybe we talked about either at the end of one show or just off the air just a few nights ago, just what Brent Venables is going to be able to do with a winning season. And who knows, maybe a college football player, but you beat Texas and you do it in the way that you did it with really tough defense. And it's going to make your job recruiting so much easier. So I think Brent Venables has arrived. There's a reason why he was such a highly regarded you know, option for head coaching jobs for so long. It's because people believe that once he did end up taking a job that he would be successful. And we're starting to see that last year. It was terrible. It was it was awful. We experienced it. We went through it. But how much sweeter is it now seeing all of the promise realized of Brent Venables? It's great. And again, I, the beautiful part of it is I know Brent Venables answer will be no, I have not arrived. This right. program has not arrived. And this season, our goals, one of them or a couple of them have arrived at the midway point. But that ain't all of them. And it ain't good enough for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. So that's a beautiful thing. Like I said, football, man, is the ultimate. Well, yeah, you've arrived, but you've never really arrived because there's always uh, another there's always another goal for a program. And probably there's some for Oklahoma that'll say Brent Venables and OU have not truly arrived it, within the own Sooner fan base until they go win a Big 12 championship, win a college football playoff game or right number eight a national championship but uh there's signs if uh you know if we can meet you halfway there's clear signs that oklahoma if you don't want to totally jump on the sooner schooner and say that ou's arrived well guess what we are uh we are heading out one of the tunnels from gaylord family oklahoma memorial stadium we might not have totally reached that sooner schooner's destination but we are officially on owen field for uh for oklahoma football right now with this new era Danny Stutzman can give uh, one heck of a speech and we got to talk about that and just what it means for his leadership. It will tell you, well, what you maybe missed out on, but probably you have it if you're an Oklahoma fan, but that's coming your way next. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, again, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. The app, it's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. A player that has arrived, Mr. Danny Stutzman, is coming into his own before our very eyes. He was one of the guys that got a little bit, uh, a lot of criticism for what happened last year. 
Well, now we're seeing the ascension of Danny Stutzman. And if you had a chance, go, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter, X, Instagram, wherever your social media uh, priorities lie, and go to Oklahoma football's Twitter account or social media account and see the cinematic replay of the game. And Danny Stutzman's speech, man, there's, there's only, uh, you know, at Oklahoma, we only fear God. And at Texas, they fear Oklahoma. That that line is going to be remembered forever. But I also think like they were not shy about mentioning the elephant in the room about what happened in the Red River rivalry a year ago. It would have been really easy, I think, for everybody to just gloss over that, ignore it. But they leaned into it. They leaned into the humiliation, the embarrassment, you know, what happened. I mean, they talk about the 49 medicine balls that they, they have to do and all that. I mean, I think what's so great about this this team and this leadership coaching staff, Danny Stutzman, and, and I'll let you chime in here in a second, is that they're not afraid to acknowledge their shortcomings and acknowledge when they've been beat. You know, they're they're not afraid to to bring it to the light, so to speak, and then say, hey, we're gonna work on it, we're gonna change, we're gonna get better. I think that's a great thing. Not to make this a Lincoln Riley discussion, but Lincoln Riley has got his head in the sand about his defense and is just trying to hope that Caleb Williams can will them to a Pac-12 championship. Now, Brent Venables is like, no, we've got issues. We're going to work on those issues. We're going to get better in those issues. I I love that. And I think it's bleeding to to Danny Stutzman. His pregame speech was epic. It was phenomenal. As somebody who once upon a time... You know, I was the guy giving pregame speeches. Man, it had me having goosebumps. I loved it, every aspect of it. I mean, how can you not get ready to come down that tunnel and go play an OU Texas game after, uh, again, the the quote I'm looking at it here, quote, I'm certain about two things in life. I'm certain that one, Oklahoma only fears God, and number two, Texas fears Oklahoma. I mean, (laughs) yeah, goosebumps. Let's go play a football game from, again, somebody that has earned your respect, your your respect as a fan, your respect as a teammate, your respect as a coach. And uh, I love Danny Stutzman being uh, honest with Pat McAfee and company, too, on where he drew the inspiration from the the speech. I I guess it basically harkens back to a DeAndre Hopkins a piece that he had seen in uh, Hard Knocks, and he he just kind of kind of added his own little uh, sooner wrinkle to it, and he says because I remember Dan Cody, another crazy defensive end that played at OU, told me you always got to have a crazy speech. So now I try to think of stuff to really get the guys going. Which I would say uh, one other piece of the puzzle that Danny Stutzman clearly is doing a pretty good job of. Yeah, and the other thing he mentioned in that was the importance of coming with a physical and aggressive mindset. And again, I'm hearing him talk, but I'm, I'm also hearing Brent Venables talk at the same time because Brent Venables said the same thing in, in his pregame speeches. We got to go and we got to be aggressive and you got to, you got to take what you want. You can't wait for them to give it to you. If there's something out there that you want to have, you got to go get it and you got to go take it. And, and I think that's the change in the mentality of this team that people have been waiting for people have been waiting for an aggressive mindset. They've been waiting for a physical team to be put on the field inside Gaylord family Memorial stadium. They've been waiting for 
a team that's not going to sit back, that's going to play conservative on defense, that's going to play just not to get beat. No, this is a team that's taking it to their opponents, and that's what won them the game against Texas. You can go to the goal line stand. You can go to the Gentry Williams interception, the, the Kendall Dolby interception, and all of that is preparation and aggressiveness and physicality because you know Gentry Williams, he was more physical at the catch point also was more aggressive. He knew what the play call was, stepped right in and he trusted his cues and and or his keys and made the play. Billy Bowman, I mean, that was one of the toughest and cleanest hits that I've seen in the modern targeting era of college football where he's able to separate the guy from the ball and they were able to make a play on the football. That's aggressive physicality in a way that's legal and not getting them kicked out of the game. And then the goal line stand, man, that just has all of this just has Brent Venable's fingerprints all over it. And it's, it's such a breath of fresh air to have a defense that you can really believe is going to get a stop. They're going to make the stop and they may not make all the stops yet, but they're making enough of the stops that you feel very confident that you're going to win a football game. Well, in, Probably it's worth discussing maybe in more detail than just this, but remember last season it was even for a defense that had its obvious struggles, right? We don't have to run down where they were total defense scoring. Uh, Every key category wasn't good enough for Oklahoma, right? But even with the defense being what it was a year ago, John, there were halves, there were moments that were really good for Oklahoma. And yet it wasn't four quarters of that. For Oklahoma defensively, it wasn't four quarters of that offensively for Oklahoma, and it certainly wasn't complimentary football for Oklahoma a season ago. I think uh, about the West Virginia game, right, where it was a nice defensive half on the road, but guess what? The offense sputtered, and then the the wheels fell fell off in the, the second half, and obviously the quarterback and change there by the Mountaineers uh, played uh, into that as well. Texas Tech, similar story, first half, you know, great for a quarter and a half, Final half of the second quarter and into the second half, not good enough versus Texas Tech. But this team right now is able to respond and go to bat for itself on both sides of the football. And we saw, again, instances of that picking up the special teams miscues, right? I mean, that's the mark of a very good football team and very good football program is that you've got an offense and a defense. You've got complementary football that can go pick up some pieces, when things uh, don't totally go according to plan. And that's what happened for Oklahoma. Now the next thing for me, John, will be this, okay? I mean, obviously the schedule is what the schedule is, and so you want to go win convincingly in some of these games. But the bottom line is, more than anything, you've got uh, you've got you've got the street cred now because you went and beat Texas, right? And obviously we want it to be great every single week, but now it's – taking care of business. Now it's consistency in that way to take a business-like approach. I remember the discussions that uh, not you and I necessarily, John, but just we in the media, that front portion of the 2019 season with Jalen Hurts, it was, you know, there's a business-like approach about this OU team. And I do think Jalen Hurts instilled a little bit of that, especially early in that 19 season. Okay, now go show us that in the second half of this season. You, you've gotten the street cred now. I don't expect it to be perfect quarter in, quarter out, half in, half out every single week. I expect there to be some bumps here and there. 
But generally speaking, I do expect Oklahoma to buy in large, kind of handle this schedule because they're better than what's remaining on the schedule. And I do expect more than anything, consistency and a business-like approach from Oklahoma. It's a team that's not going to get too far ahead of themselves. They continue to reiterate living in the now. We are our standard. We're playing to our standard, not to the opponent. So they've got the right mentality, I think, going forward that they're not going to get too far ahead of themselves. But what questions remain, Josh, about this team? Because a great performance, and yet there are still areas in which they need to improve if they want to reach what goals are possible for them this year. We'll talk about that next. Every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Fit matters. Finding the right people matter. It's not just always about what you see on a resume. That's why LinkedIn comes in with their special screening questions that help you get through the nitty gritty and make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Just go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so Josh, a few questions remain about this team. I feel like we both feel pretty confident in what we're seeing on the field and how that's going to translate for the rest of the season. And yet there are still ways that they can continue to get better. So What's one of those ways that you think that Oklahoma can get better as the season goes along and that they they need to improve on as the season goes along? Well, let's start with a couple of the questions that have been answered by this team. And I see you out there in the comments section. I've been maybe difficult on Dylan Gabriel in some respects, pointing out a couple of throws that were misses in the Texas game and at other junctures. Don't mistake that for... Dylan Gabriel has failed to answer questions for me that he can lead this team to a conference championship or to a college football playoff win or a national championship. I think those questions have been answered for Dylan Gabriel. You know, I said before the season, and I'm not going to be one of those folks that says something and won't own up or eat a little bit of crow when you're wrong. I said to me that Dylan Gabriel, the book was probably out on the ceiling for Dylan Gabriel, right? That he wasn't a Baker Mayfield. He wasn't a Kyler Murray. He wasn't a Jalen Hurts. And to some degree, maybe that's still true. And yet I do think the ceiling for Dylan Gabriel, he's clearly made it to where you have to have, or at least for me, right? Maybe you're different than I am out there sooner nation, but he's shown me something that I did not see from him a season ago. Obviously the drive versus Texas, but just the, and I know that you're still going to hear me week to week complain and gripe. And I do want, you know, certain critical situations, a little bit better accuracy. That's just the position at Oklahoma. You're going to deal with me or others saying those types of things. But generally speaking, Dylan Gabriel has answered questions that he can perform at a Heisman caliber type level, a Heisman finalist type level, a conference championship winning level, perhaps a national championship winning level. So let's start there. Those questions have been answered this uh, by DG in this offense. 
The run game, of course, need to see that. I think it's a fair question to have. I feel good about what's going on with Oklahoma, but how is OU going to withstand the loss of Andrell Anthony going forward? I think that's a fair question to ask, John. Yeah, I think all those things are are areas that Oklahoma's got to figure out. You know, yes, you believe that Nick Anderson is ready for big time snaps, big time role, but we've only ever we've only seen him in a rotational role so far. So what's it going to be like when he's out there for 60, 70 snaps as opposed to 30 or 40? We'll see. I think it's going to be really, really great, but we got to see it on the field still. You're right. The running game still has to get better. has to improve. You know, Tommy Walker is showing some things, but I mean, he's only averaging a little, you know, only average like more than three yards per carry against Texas. Again, a good Texas defensive front. There are going to be some easier defensive fronts to go up against here in the coming weeks, but the running game has to get more and more consistent and actually become a, a winning part of your offense, not just something you have to drag along, so to speak. Uh, defensively, I, I would like to see the, the pass rush continue to improve. They were really, really good against Texas, five sacks, 10 tackles for loss. It all really came together for them. I want to see that. I want to see that consistently week to week. I want to see them continue to have that kind of a pressure impact. We've been seeing it get better every single week uh, since the first, second week of the season. Keep that going. You're going to need them you know, against whether it's John Reese Plumley or Timmy McLean at UCF or Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean at Kansas or Garrett Green at West Virginia. Like you're going to need your defensive front to continue to be really, really good. Uh, you know, Jaron Kanick, I want to see him continue to elevate his game. The A lot of the defense is elevating their game. So I want to see him continue to improve. Can we see more Peyton Bowen? You know, Peyton Bowen, just every time he's out there, it seems like he makes a play. But this defense is really coming together. Can they continue to build on what they did this past weekend against Texas and improve from there? Those are kind of the big questions. And it's it's big kind of 10,000-foot view questions because I feel like they're answering a lot of these along the way. And with the 6-0 and start, you mentioned it. I mean, with Dylan Gabriel, I feel like he's answering those questions. A lot of the defense is answering those questions too. But can they keep it going for a full season? That's that's going to be key for them to achieve what they want to achieve this year. You nailed it. The The big one for me defensively is, and I asked this question going in, I said that one of the things that would surprise me most was names that aren't P.J. Atabare in the Cotton Bowl really being incredibly disruptive again and again and again, not on one occasion, but throughout the entirety, the duration of that game. We saw it, man. That was a big-time uh, question-answering performance from Oklahoma up front. I said I didn't think Oklahoma had a lot of star power up front. And based on what we saw in the Cotton Bowl, and eh, there was a lot of star power out there for Oklahoma. But the question is, yes, the encore acts. What do they look like from, from Lacey, from Dejon Terry, Ethan Downs? That was a breakout corner-turning type performance from him in the Cotton Bowl. Is that going to keep going forward? Bothroyd, I mean, on and on and on. All those guys up front, that was such a signature performance collectively from Oklahoma along its defensive line. And uh, are they just going to keep that going? Because if they do, John, for this defense, then, okay, then I think you're talking about a Big 12 champion in a college football uh, playoff participant. Yeah, the scary part of all this is that they can continue to get better. This is not even close to the best version of Oklahoma that they can be. 
And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in, being a part of the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every podcast platform and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Uh, but until next time, he's Josh. I'm John Boomer Sooner.